Welcome to The Cannabis Question, a marijuana science and culture podcast broadcasting from the state of Pennsylvania to the rest of the nation and the world. My name's Scott, I'm your host, and I want to welcome you to the Saturday morning session. Uh, sort of just something I thought about the other day, new thing I wanted to try out. It's a morning ritual for some of us folks in cannabis to wake and bake, as they say, right? Get up and take a dose, get into the right kind of headspace to start the day. And I am one who prefers this ritual most days of the week. So I thought as the weekend is on us, although it is a tad getting closest to noon at this point in the day, maybe it's worth starting a little morning ritual with you out there uh, for anybody who might be either up this early or likes to start their day this way take a moment to sort of dose and talk about whatever comes to mind, whatever is recent in the news concerning cannabis or general interests, and uh, a little place to just enjoy ourselves for a bit. So I'm going to start off by mentioning the strain of the day, my fresh morning dose, Lime Skunk Live Batter. Uh, This is actually, in case you're in the PA market, uh, in case you have access to the program, uh, and you know, potentially if you're out of state, I know Cresco's in Chicago, but this is a product offered by Cresco Labs, uh, a lime or a live butter, which uh, is a phenomenal in flavor, terpenaline dominant around 1.7%, and then it has almost equal portions of beta mercine and beta caryophylline on the terpene side, coming in with a total cannabinoid profile of just around 76%. So if anybody's out there and wouldn't mind giving it a shot, It is a great morning sort of daytime feel to it. And actually, just for the sake of an injection of a little bit of culture, I took a moment, went to a well-known website for cannabis enthusiasts and sort of a user-generated Wikipedia of cannabis information, although they do have some phenomenal articles if you ever do a deep dive. Uh, They are not a sponsor or anything. This is just something that I personally use to help myself out when I can. Uh, Leafly.com. It's again, L-E-A-F-L-Y dot com. This is a website, I think it's based out of Canada, I want to say. And they just really cover the spectrum of cannabis information. But you can uh, dive into it with a little search bar and find some strains that are out there in the market if you have access. And sometimes you can find the genetics and, you know, user reviews and stuff like that. So in this situation, they have Lime Skunk up there and it says that the genetics are lemon skunk and green ribbon. Now, I wouldn't say it tastes like lime or ever has, but as I found a picture here and there on the internet, it does look very, very sort of lime green as a plant itself, you know, maybe just a light chlorophyll look. So potentially the name is more related to the look of the plant than the flavor of the strain, but it is very tough if you aren't a grower, which I am not, uh, although if there's any growers out there, please hit me up uh, on Instagram or on Facebook. Let me know. I'd love to interview you. Get your opinion on some things in the cannabis world. However, uh, this strain is great daytime sativa. Sometimes is a little forgetful. You know, it can be a little intense on that side and kind of rob you of a memory. Looking for the damn remote all the time or my Xbox controller. But outside of that, I think the mood boost, uh, a little bit of clarity sometimes, depending on the labs. It can really be a great way to start the day. And once again, Cresco offers it a very nice execution of a live butter. But I digress, folks. Uh, in the Saturday morning sesh, I was thinking 
when we take a look out into the world, try to see what's going on here in America, something recently happened that I don't think anybody expected to kind of sweep in. Although with a year like 2020, I guess it's pretty hard to say exactly what we think is going to happen next. You know, it's pretty much a goddamn lottery as far as it seems in the news. And so I'm a guilty internet news reader and I don't pay for anything. So whenever the Boston Globe or New York Times cock blocks me out of reading free articles, I often just pivot and find screenshots or just read worse or quality news. For me, it isn't so much about the information as it is sometimes about just going through a little reading ritual, a quiet thing in the morning, or sometimes an easy way to bore yourself to sleep. Now, this week, um, uh, cannabis was actually in the Congress. Uh, They went through with something called the Moore's Act, or the Moore Act, I'm sorry, Uh, the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act is what it stands for as an acronym. And the Moore Act uh, was something that actually hit the House of Representatives and passed, which is crazy. They actually voted like 200 and something to 100 and something. So it passed with flying colors. uh, And this would decriminalize marijuana federally. The main point being, and let me go right over to the wording so that I can make sure I'm on. uh, It looks like it would create two main things, as they're mentioning. Uh, The first thing is uh, purge records and take marijuana off of the Controlled Substances Act completely. So the idea is it would no longer be on the Schedule 1 substance, and that would of course mean that federally it would no longer be illegal. It doesn't necessarily mean it's like pro-legal. It's sort of the decriminalization aspect, which always needs to happen first. You know, it's the sort of teardown of the old so you can rebuild the new. Now... A lot of places are very happy about that if it were to come to full spectrum and pass through the Senate, which I don't think it will. And there's probably quite a few people out there who would agree because the Senate in this country is still slightly more Republican than Democrat. And although they believe in less regulation, quote unquote, uh, at least the GOP originally ran on the idea of pro-business, small government. You'd imagine decriminalizing marijuana and allowing businesses to prosper would fall right in line with the idea of let's make money, let's get business going, stimulate the economy even, sort of thinking. However, that is unfortunately buried like cream inside an Oreo between these hardened layers uh, of conservatism, of a unwillingness to often welcome change. So I think... Between the two, one being, you know, deregulation focused and the other one being ultra conservative. At this point, conservatism will win. And I don't think it's for any moral reason. I don't think it's really because somebody out there is is having a conniption. Maybe at the street level, you know, normal citizens do. But in the government, I don't believe they actually go to sleep worrying about the things they tell us. Uh, They are, you know, almost sociopathic in the way they execute their jobs. And I think once you get to a certain level, you pretty much are just CEOs, right? You just think about numbers and think about winning. So I believe the real reason we won't see it pass completely, although it's not completely discouraging. I mean, any motion is good motion at this point, but uh, most likely because the government still can control it through regulation and tax it and play the sort of state legal, federally illegal game. All that does is really let the government have fun 
and let the citizenry sort of still suffer from the slow drip of uh, legalization. However, the other part of the bill, and this has been sort of up for debate, it seems, by a couple of folks on both sides of the aisle, both pro-cannabis and anti-cannabis, is it will also create a 5% tax on marijuana products federally across the board. And what they want to do is establish a trust fund for programs designed to help people who've been impacted disproportionately by the so-called war on drugs of the 80s and 90s. Uh, and this would sort of help them you know, expunge, rehab, potentially you know, job placement, things that are sociologically going to be very good for the progress in a society. So this isn't something that people are arguing shouldn't happen as far as this fund and the idea of community outreach and support. A lot of people who are into cannabis say it's already taxed so heavily that adding another 5% tax across the board, much like they do with fuel in this country, is just going to make people feel really sensitive to pricing. And that means some folks are just not going to get involved due to that sensitivity. So, you know, it is a point I can understand. It does make some sense, obviously. But a lot of these folks are saying in response to it that if they can't get it right the first time, sort of don't do it. And I think that's a little bit more of a cancerous idea. That's not really something that's as progressive as it needs to be. You know, I'm pragmatic. I'm not a person who necessarily has to go to sleep on a bed of hopes and dreams solely. Evidence is great. Hard work is great. Showing up and getting it done. All great things. So I think oftentimes on the liberal side of the board, people have this idea that it has to be exactly perfect the first time. But if you ever study history, really take a thick look at politics. It's very difficult to feel that things only happen or anything ever happens due to good preparation and you know great foresight and planning. Most of the time, we barely get things done as a species, let alone as a country, let alone as a branch of government. Because there's so much opposition, there's so much infighting, it's just, you know, by just a little squeak of a turn of a doorknob that things even get done at all. So I feel if a person really embraces pragmatism, the idea of just being ultra practical, the thought is create more access at least. Sure, a couple people who currently use weed or want to use cannabis may not be able to afford it. But the amount of people who just can't even think about it because they're not able to access it at all, let alone consider what it would cost to afford it, I think that's sort of, you know, missing the forest by staring at the trees. And I know as I was reading through some of these uh, articles this morning, uh, they said, what is this, Sean Kiernan, CEO of Weed for Warriors. Uh, it's a, like a veterans help group with cannabis sort of thing. You know, a person doing uh, very good for the world said, they feel that the other layer of taxes are going to alienate people and make it harder. It's like, yeah, I get it, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't move forward. Just move forward knowing that your battles in front of you are obvious. You'll have obviously always have to deal with taxation and restriction, but if somebody's going to at least make it so that it's no longer under what they call the tax code 280E, which I believe I talked about in earlier episodes last season, uh, you know, then you're really going to let businesses prosper and potentially we can give some of that back. So I think it's still, you know, let's make sure we move forward more than anything. So it's pretty interesting. Not something I would have thought happens this late in the game with the way this year is mounted up. It's kind of a weird squeak in December. I don't believe it'll really move through. 
as I said, the Senate's most likely going to strike it right down. But at least it was on the docket. Historically passed, first time ever kind of thinking. And it's a half win. But I'll take a freaking half win. These are things I think 2023 to 2025 would start really coming to light. Sort of everybody in the next presidential election would have to run on either a pro or anti-marijuana. It wouldn't be able to just be sort of in the middle as it has been up to this point. But it seems that we may have some traction a little quicker. Maybe by the midterm races, we can really get something done. So that is sort of an interesting thing to wake up on a Saturday and run into specifically. Um, Outside of that, I was digging around old mother internet. It was kind of interesting, as I did notice. I did notice that, you know, I not only do I read horrible Yahoo news, generally just to kind of see what most people see or how the middle really thinks. I also sort of hit a couple other websites just to see if the same articles come out, see, you know, what they're trying to sell me, knowing that the internet is an average and not really a laser of what's going on. So I usually read some BBC news, and this is, of course, the American side of the BBC news. Certainly, if you really use a VPN, you can see a much different profile of news articles. Uh, But in the one that they ship to America, the interesting thing is for most of November, for obvious reasons, almost every news article, everything you see was election, election, totals, totals, uh, electoral college stuff. And this dominated not only the American news cycles, it also dominated the international news cycles. It makes sense. America's a big player internationally, and when big things happen, everybody's got to pay attention. It was something that on BBC I would say is a little annoying because I do prefer to sort of read about what else happens in the world, as it is a rather large one and worth it to kind of see other viewpoints. And at least starting this week, it was very interesting that the top article no longer had the electoral college totals. It no longer had like a what's going on in America? Why can't they get their shit together? Kind of article up there. Now it's talking about Boris Johnson and the EU chief breaking Brexit deadlocks and uh, it's little COVID articles there. You know, Trump's name does appear one time on the very first page and it's a side article with no picture from about four hours ago about withdrawing troops from Somalia. So it isn't even about the fact he's still kind of beating his head against the wall trying to see if he can flip an election. Uh, You know, even scrolling down another one, it's all, you know, COVID stuff, teen fighting pollution, uh, some interest articles, the things that I especially like going to the BBC news website for, and then some another one about America, the upcoming Georgia election, which I would say should make that kind of news, but it really has milded away, you know, quieted the Trump storm almost every day of the last four years, at least one of the top articles, given how loud uh, this politician has been, was always dedicated to that. And that echo chamber, of course, really is fuel for nightmares and headaches. However, at this point now, it's, I wouldn't say returning to normal. The world is still a rough ass place. COVID is still a huge, huge concern across the board, but at the very least, they filtered out one large puppet and slash puppeteer, and hopefully, uh, you know, the writing improves and the interesting things improve, because at least for me as a ambient news reader, it certainly is annoying when the news goes kind of one note, and uh, it's nice to sort of see a little bit more of that variety return, just as another random thought on a Saturday morning. Uh, And that's just about all I have for you today. You know, nothing too crazy. Sort of just a little time to bust a session, think about things. Uh, I'm hoping maybe 
just maybe, as this is being videotaped, but uh, I need to buy a nicer computer. I'm about $1,500 from being able to really get videos out in any reasonable format. Um, around that time, maybe we'll start doing this live. Let me know if you like that idea. You can always send me any comments, questions, or topics you want to hear uh, at Instagram, uh, The Cannabis Question, or on Facebook at TCQ Pod. Uh, feel free to hit me up uh, and love to hear what you think in case you might be available on a Saturday morning sometime to log on in maybe on a YouTube stream, sit with me and uh, bust a nice little Saturday morning sesh. We can talk. But uh, until next time, you know, be sure to like, subscribe or share if you like what you've heard and uh, enjoy your weekend. <laughs>